0: Hey everyone, I have some really exciting news to start with before we jump into this podcast episode today. So a girlfriend of mine, Thomasina and myself are putting on a Rocky mountain woman's wellness retreat. So this retreat is happening in Jasper, Alberta on June 10th to June 12th. So tucked in to the Rocky mountains. So Pack your bags, grab a friend, or come solo because it is time for some fun. It's time for a little bit of adventure, an adventure of a lifetime where you come to connect, let go, and expand. Coming to the retreat are going to be like-minded women who love the outdoors, who love movement, who are ready to get together create some great memories on the lake in the mountains around the fire who are just craving that connection so if you are interested in being one of the women at this retreat then you can send me the message retreat send me a dm on instagram at candice danielle dunaway you can check out the show notes to find me on instagram And if you want to find out more about the retreat and how you can be one of these women that comes for the connection, letting go, and the expansion, then send me a DM and I'll send you all of the information. This is going to be an experience of a lifetime. Hi friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it My can have are My next guest, Bob Berg, priceless. is the co-author an individual an individual of the, the global story the to impact our lives in tremendous which is ways. one of the books I hope for you in joining series. me today. Is that it's this a beautiful story of the go giver way and that you how leave enlightened, ignited, strength, and inspired success? Because it only takes one moment to spark a change this and leave This an story open your mind to a new way of thinking. So, in this story, a guy named Joe, in his last-ditch effort for clout and leverage, sets up a meeting with Pindar a legend who surprisingly ends up mentoring Joe. Bob was the original inspiration for the character Pindar. So if you haven't read the book yet, once you do, you'll understand why I feel so unbelievably grateful that I get to sit in Bob's company for the next 30 minutes. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you on today.
1: Oh, thank you, Candace. But I got to tell you, I was not the uh, inspiration for for Pindar. Uh, there was another Bob who was uh, Bob Proctor. He was he was John David Manns and my inspiration for Pindar, one of your fellow Canadians.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. OK, well, yeah. I still feel so unbelievably grateful. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm more like Joe in the story. And uh and and then probably Gus was kind of my character, you know, the, the I, I won't say who we, you know, what he did, but but uh that was kind of but but no definitely not Pindar. Pindar was the person we aspire to be.
0: Okay. Well let's <laughs> but go. Thank you,
1: but thank you though. That's a nice compliment.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure after writing the book and going through the five laws that you aspire to be this character, I'm sure some of the laws have played off into your life. And you're probably like this character.
1: You know, Kenneth, I, I think we're, we're all like the different characters in a sense, because we, you know, we start out as Joe in certain areas, who's the, you know, who's the guy who was kind of the young, up and coming, ambitious, aggressive, you know, good guy. But his, his focus was in the wrong place. It was on himself as opposed to being on serving others and serving the marketplace. It was about him meeting his quota as opposed to how he could add value to others that would then result in his hitting his quota. But, you know, as I often say, when I speak at sales conferences, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet,
0: right? They're only going to
1: buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is great news for any entrepreneur or salesperson who really has a, a, you know, a desire to serve, who has a desire to make other people's lives better. And that's when your business is actually uh, much more successful and much more profitable. So I think we start out as Joe and, you know, we, we learn as we go along. And maybe we become, uh, you know, a Pindar to somebody else and and we help them and we utilize our experience. But then as we continue to grow, we find ourselves as Joe again in another area, you know, where we're continuing to learn. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a work in progress really for, for most of us.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love how you bring that up because we all kind of embody these different characters at different times yeah. in our lives, depending on the situation or the experiences mm. that we're in. So we might be just starting in the beginning, needing to um, find a mentor and figure yeah. out the way, or we might be the mentor for someone depending on where Absolutely. we're at. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that.
0: Okay. So can you give us a quick review of the five laws that you and John share in the book?
1: Sure. The, the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity they're all based on a basic premise that shifting your focus, which is really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And, and not for any kind of you know woo-woo way out there kind of reasons, but it's, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others discovering what they want what they need what they desire right when when trying to help them overcome or solve their challenges when helping bring them closer to happiness well people feel good about you they want to get to know you they like you they trust you they want to be in a relationship with you they want to do business with you if it's appropriate to do so they definitely want to tell others about you and be what we call your personal walking ambassador so the five laws Uh, are sort of the offshoot of that premise. So the law of value is all about providing such a wonderful experience for this person that aside from simply the intrinsic value of what you offer just by way of the product or service, it's how you make them feel throughout the process. How easy do you make it for them? Uh, how consistent are you with the excellence that you display? How empathetic are you to their issues? How much attention do you pay to the details that make it easy for them to do business with you? How much gratitude do you show throughout the process? So, you know, by the time So we say it's give more in value than you take in payment. That doesn't mean you're not making a profit. You're making a great profit. But it means you've given them such a wonderful, magnificent experience that they feel as though they've received much more than what they've paid for while you make a very healthy profit. Uh, But it all begins with the focus, Candice. It all begins with understanding. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Right. It begins by understanding that the value must be your focus. The value must come first. the The money you receive is a natural result of the value you've provided. So that's sort of law number one. Now, law number two is the law of compensation. This says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So, as um, uh, Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story, told Joe, the protege. Um, the law of value represents your potential income, but it's it's it, but it's how many lives you impact with that value that represents your actual income. So we could say exceptional value law one plus significant reach law two equals very high compensation. Law number three is the law of influence. And this says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, which you know sounds kind of counterintuitive, maybe counterproductive, or even Pollyanna-ish. I don't know if you're old enough to know who Pollyanna was, but that was you know the uh, I got I got to remember I'm 64, you know, and I need to stop making references to like really older (laughs) stories. But you know, you think about it, the greatest leaders, top influencers, uh, most um, successful, ongoing, money earning salespeople, the ones that sustain this kind of success, this is how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the other person right now. When we say this, though, and I want to just clarify and qualify this statement when we say place the other person's interests first, we certainly don't mean you should be anybody's uh, doormat or martyr, or or that you should be self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply as Joe learned from several of the mentors in the story, the golden rule of business, of sales, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit these feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to that other focus, looking to, as as Sam, one of the mentors in the story, advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. Law number four is the law of authenticity. This one says the most valuable gift you have to offer is Yourself, uh, in this part of the story, the the mentor Deborah, who was a very successful realtor, she she shared a very important lesson she learned early in her career, and that is all the <clears throat> excuse me all the skills in the world the uh, sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are uh, indeed very very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic. Core, but when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel very comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. And why wouldn't they? They know who they're getting, right? That same person showing up every single time. That's such a big part of trust because it's, it's difficult without that consistency, without that, right? And so, um, you know, I think with with authenticity, it's it's excuse me, one of those words that I think of late, like over the last few years, has kind of taken on its own definitions or meanings. and I, and I think some of it is not really productive. I think a lot of times when people use the word authentic, it's like, well, there's no boundaries. It's this is just who I am. Take it or leave it right? which by the way, is a good philosophy to have if you don't want to be very successful and if you don't want any good relationships, right? But since that's not what most of us want, um, no, this is like, uh, Candace, it's like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. If I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. That's malarkey, that's, that's hogwash. Uh, it simply means this person has an authentic problem that this person needs to authentically work on in order to become a higher, better, more effective version of his authentic self, right? So authenticity should never be used as an excuse to to, to stop growing, but instead use it as an impetus to continue to grow and step into your highest nature. I would define authenticity, if asked, as simply acting congruently with your values, I think that really is is authenticity. And then the last of the five laws, because we have value, compensation, influence, and authenticity, the last one, Candice, is receptivity. And this is sort of the one that ties it all together. And the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This really means nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you know, you breathe out. Well, you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. You breathe out carbon dioxide. You breathe in oxygen. Uh, You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving, contrary to the messages we get from the world around us, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Now you'd, you'd think that from the horrible anti-prosperity messages that are out there. I mean and, and, and this is for many people a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, social media. I mean, you would think that if you if you've done well financially, it had to be on the backs of others or you did something nefarious or you well, you know, there's a lot of people in this world, right? It's so people do things in a way that we don't appreciate. but now, by and large, and for those of us who, who, and I would say that's everyone watching this or listening, who operate a business that no one's forced to do business with us, right? The only way we can earn their business and earn a lot of income is by providing immense value to the lives of a lot of people, right? So giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in tandem. It's not, are you a giver or a receiver? It's you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the giving must come first. This is a law of life. It's a law of nature. Uh, we, we plant before we harvest. Uh, we sow before we reap. We give before we we receive. As, as Pindar told Joe early in the book, uh, some people approach a fireplace with the attitude of first give me some fire and some heat, then I'll throw on some logs and some newspapers and light a mat, right? Well, that's not the way life works. We have to, to give energy to it first, and then we receive. The law of receptivity, though, says when that time happens, you've got to be willing to allow yourself to receive as opposed to pushing it away.
0: Right. Wow. And those five less five laws together are what mm-hmm. is going to impact your business and bring you ultimately success. Yeah. Okay. So why do you think that in, in the story, Pindar, one of his conditions was with Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to provide this wealth of knowledge for you. You, <laughs> I wanna give what I have, like the people at the top this legend. I want to share this with you. However, if you want to come back tomorrow, you need to implement yeah. what I'm telling you today. Why do you think that so many people today, like the knowledge is out there. There's mm-hmm. so much, you can go anywhere and find all the information. Why do you think people are so, um, maybe don't get to the implementation stage. They'll take, take, take it in, but Then not run or do anything with it.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's part of human nature that that happens. I think most of it's fear, fear fear-based, some of it conscious, most of it unconscious, as most things are. And it's our unconscious that drives our actions, right? And the insidious thing is we don't even know it because it's unconscious. So by the very nature of the thing, we're not aware. That's why I think it's so important to make the, the unconscious conscious because it's only when we are aware that we have an issue, are we even in a position to do something about that issue? So if we, if, if, you know, we, we take your very wise question and we say, well, okay, am I that person who, you know, I buy a lot of books, I go to a lot of seminars, I I do a lot of courses, I do these things, I'm getting all this knowledge and information, but I'm not, I'm not implementing it. I'm not taking those steps. If that's me, okay, first, congratulations for recognizing it because now you're you're halfway there, okay? So why aren't I implementing it, okay? And and it's gonna, if you go deep enough and you're honest enough with yourself, you're probably gonna find that it's fear. There's some fear base. What is that fear? Is it a fear of looking bad? Is it a fear of uh, wasting time? You know, is it a fear of losing more money or is it a fear of, well, if I don't take the chance, then I, I still... It means it's not closed off. But if I if I take the chance and I fail, it means I've failed, which, of course, it really doesn't. It just means that was one particular thing that didn't work. But again, the mind works as the mind works on, a, on an unconscious level. So we've got to discover why it is, what holds us back from taking that action. Uh, and then from there, we're in a position to do something about it.
0: OK, so once we're in that position and we've kind of figured out because I think we all go through that process at different times in our lives. The, it's mm-hmm. like the onion uncovering the next yeah. layer and the next layer. So once we're in that position where we kind of figure out what it is that's holding us back, we can face whatever fear we need to or break those patterns that have kind of kept mm-hmm. us stuck. Then where do we get started? Like where do we find a mentor or or what steps to take to lead us along on the journey that, you know, that we're seeking?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it starts first with with knowing what your burning desire is. You know, all uh, uh, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. I believe what he said was all great achievement begins with desire. I may have paraphrased that a bit, but it's basically, you know, where it where it starts. Uh, so we have a desire. We have that thing we want to to be or to do or to to have or what have you. It's a it's a desire. And what we need to do is, um, is then discover, and this is really step one, because desire isn't step one. Desire is a pre-step. <laughs> I believe there's three steps toward accomplishing pretty much any goal. Okay. There's three steps and there's a pre-step and an after step. So the pre-step is desire. The first step though, is seek out the information or find the system. What is a system? Well, a system is the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. The key being predictability. If it's uh, if it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desire of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desire of B, uh, the the desired result. Excuse me, of of B. So. And this is the part where, as you were saying, people kind of don't take that, you know, they they have the desire and they seek out the information, but they don't go from there. So step two is take action, take action immediately, because knowledge without action is the same as not having any knowledge at all, right? Uh, It just does no good to have this knowledge if you're not going to act on it. Um, the key is to act on it. And and by the way, this doesn't mean just, just uh, haphazardly act on something. No, by all means, learn it, study it, get to know it, but understand you're, you're never going to be really good. When you start, you get good by starting and repeating, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? rarely are you able to be good at anything before you start. So, you know, you, you, you you start, you start when you should start, (laughs) right? And we are, you know, we all know when that is, and it's going to be long before we are excellent at what we're doing. Uh, Zig Ziglar, the famous Zig Ziglar once said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn how to do it. Great. And again, he didn't mean be haphazard. He just meant you got to go out and do it. It's just what you've gotta do. So, I mean, you don't have to, but if you want the results, you've gotta start. Uh, so, so that's the second. Now the third is to be persistent or outlast the no's. Right? It, it's, it's understanding that no is simply a part of, of success. Gosh, wouldn't it be great if there was a way to just go from you know A to Z without a lot of failures or without a lot of no's or without a lot of resistance, it might be great, but it's not the real world. (laughs) And successful people deal in truth. So we've got to know that, you know, we're going to have these setbacks. One of my favorite books is a parable written. Actually, it came out soon after The Go-Giver. It was written by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton, the husband and wife team. It's called Go For No. It's a parable about a copying machine salesperson. And, and it's a wonderful book. The, 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 the um, title is Go for No. The subtitle and their main message is, yes is the destination, no is how you get there. And it's not saying that you've got to like no's, okay? It's that you've got to just know they're part of it. And if you can actually go for no's, and they again, they don't mean do things in a way that the person's going to say no, it just means, take enough action, you're going to get enough no's, right? (laughs) And and if you do that, you start to lose your fear of the no's, right? You become unattached to the results and that's when you're powerful. See, it's when you have an attachment, an emotional attachment to getting a yes that is just so horrible when you get a no. But if you don't have an attachment, you can have a preference to yes, that's fine just don't have an attachment to it. And, and I think Richard Nandri's book is just wonderful in that regard. So so you've got the, 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 the three right there. You've got the, the pre one, which is desire. Then you've got principle number one, which is to seek out, you know, get the information, right? Seek out and find the system. Number two is take action. Number three is outlast the nose. Now what's the, the after, the, the final one, right? This is simply belief. It's, it's belief in your mission, belief in your cause, belief in your product or service, whatever it happens to be. It's belief in yourself that you have what it takes to do it, okay? Which is why it's good to be around other people who believe in you. Get around people who believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself at first, okay? Uh, it's, it's belief that you're making, that what you're doing is bringing value to the world. And if you're bringing value to the world, you deserve to have success for yourself. When we have that belief, now we're, as they say, 10 feet tall and, and bulletproof. Oh, so I'd that love- would be the suggestion for the people who, you know, who, who have that idea and now they need to go out and, and do it.
0: Okay. So then what about the people who followed through these steps and they have this desire, they have this belief, they, be- they believe that they're bringing so much value they're giving so much value but they're not seeing uh like they've been showing up for a long time they've been taking the action they've been um doing all the things what do you say to the people who are not being receiving from that like do they need to check in with their audience or their consumer and figure out like is the mark missing or is it just more time that needs to pass or does there need any changes to be made or just kind of keep following the process?
1: So so here's what, what we have found um, is, is typically the case. When someone says, well, I've been applying the five laws, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, I am ready to receive, but it's just not coming, okay? It, it's typically, Typically, you can go back to law number one, the law of value, and what you find is it's not that they're not adding value, but they're not adding value in a way that's meaningful to the other person. See, value can be defined as the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of some thing, the end user or beholder. What is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, the, the connections you're giving them, the help you're giving them, the whatever you get, what is it about this that has so much worth to them or value to them that they are in turn, you know, looking to, to buy from you or to refer you or to whatever, okay? Here's the key, value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So the chances are uh, that is that this person believes they're giving value, but it's value they would, f- it, it's something they would find a value. They're not necessarily finding out what others believe to be a value.
0: Okay. And what would be the step then to figure out that missing connection? Mm-hmm.
1: So one way is to ask questions of people. But it's not like you ask, what do you value? They're not going to know what you're talking about. But, but whenever you talk with people and you ask people questions, you're doing it to discover what it is they need, what they want, what they desire. Okay. Uh, we also have so much through the Internet, so much information on people these days that you can research people in a way that's appropriate, of course and find out what some of their, their, their personal values are and what some of their needs are and what they, you know, there's all sorts of ways. But you basically, you ask questions and you discover. You know, it, 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 the selling process is really a discovery process. When you think about it, selling itself is simply discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires and helping them to get it. And assuming your product is a match with that, the benefits of your product or service, that's a fit.
0: Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I just want to quickly ask I know we have a few minutes left to chat. Um, there are three other books in this series that you co authored with that reflect uh, different topics. Are the different laws in each book similar? Are they specific to the topics that you cover? Or are, they, yeah, are these laws universal?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and they're, they're different laws because they're different books, but they're, they're pretty much, they're pretty much the same. They match with each other, you know, that with the go-giver leader, it's all about finding ways to serve those you lead. Right. Same thing. Right. (laughs) Where, you know, with the go-giver influencer, which is about people skills, which is about, you know, attaining the results you want when dealing with others in such a way that not only does everyone come away a winner, but the other person feels genuinely good about themselves. It's still discovering, you know, what it is they're needing, wanting and desiring and helping them get that. Okay. It's just, you know, it, it it's more within the vernacular of, um, not necessarily of sales, um, uh, uh, but in any area of life, so whether you're dealing with friends, family members, those you those you work with, those you lead, those you you know, uh, your you, uh, it could be the 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 um, the uh, unhelpful. Uh, customer service representative from whom, from whom you need help. It could be the, the uh, uncivil civil servant who seems more interested in honoring the red tape and bureaucracy than they do helping you get the permit you need. Or it could be the, the nasty neighbor or the driver in the next lane who's uh, upset. You know, it's, so it's more in terms of the people aspect, but it's the same thing. You know, you still got to find out what that other person wants and, and, and help in that regard.
0: Okay, so I guess as we close here, we have a couple minutes left. I want to know um, these five laws, first, is there any of them that you struggle with and go in and out of that you kind of keep having to revisit? And then what is the greatest impact that you have experienced in your life from embodying these laws for? stratospheric Mm -hmm. success.
1: Yeah. You know, what we hear from people is that the most difficult law, and this is about probably 99% of the time for most people is the law of receptivity. Because you think about it, you know, those messages we were talking about that we get from the world around us can really cause a person unconscious harm when it comes to their ability to receive, you know, my friend, Randy Gage, who's one of the prosperity authorities in the world he, he has this great vignette he does about how if you go to any movie uh, any big hit movie there's always two types of characters there's the the good people the nice people who are typically poor but they're happy And they're honest, right? But they're always being picked on, stepped on, stepped over, uh, taken advantage of by who? The rich people who are always mean and nasty and coward, right? And you see it all the time. Well, again, that gets into people's heads. He he gives a great example from the first Spider-Man movie where Peter Parker is talking with his Uncle Ben about their, their being poor. And Uncle Ben says, well, Peter, we may be poor, but at least we're honest. And what a horrible... Horrible message of lack for any child to hear when watching that movie. Because what's the presupposition? What's the premise that if you're honest, you're probably in for a life of poverty. If you're if you're wealthy, you probably didn't get it honestly. So now, and and that's not just a movie. That's pretty much every movie, right? And it's everything that that people hear, right? And again, it's unconscious. It's not conscious. And we've gotta so we've gotta really check our premises. And and while people said, Yeah, well, the you know, law of receptivity is the first time I really realized it was okay to receive, you know, it was a short chapter. It was a surface level we handle that. I believe that that it's important to study prosperity. So study people like Randy Gage and study people like the late Bob Proctor, who who we just lost, and study people like David Nagel and Sharon Lecter and Ellen Rogan and Ken Honda and so many of these wonderful teachers of prosperity. And you'll also notice that 99% of what they talk about is the unconscious. The how-to is out there. It's the unconscious that keeps us from, from achieving what we truly desire.
0: Wow. Okay. I think we can leave it right at that. Like all of the knowledge is out there. Everybody get your hands on the go giver. It's an absolutely incredible story. And then go inwards and peel the onion back. And Uh because all the knowledge is there, it's there for us to take and soak in and do what we can with it. But we really have to, as you said, dig deeper and go to the unconscious to figure out where we can move some of the blocks so we can really allow in the success that is just waiting for us. So, um, yeah, you are incredible. Thank you. This book is incredible. I'm going to read all of the others and yeah, Mm -hmm. I love, yeah, your energy is amazing. And thank you so much for being here today.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. So we'll link in the show notes, all the places to go find Bob, get the book, check out what he's got going on. So thanks for joining us today and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of all things relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.